0: I looked down at the cassette tape she had just given me as if it were made of gold or something. And turning away, her voice trailed off over her left shoulder, leaving me dumbfounded, lost for words, in an absolute suspension, saying, Pay attention to the first song on side A. Wait, what? Who does this? I stood there looking down at the tape in my hand, having no idea what was on it or what song she was even referring to. But I couldn't wait to find out! Hello everyone, my name is Bishop Frisch and I want to welcome you to My Life Through Music where I talk about the songs and music that were either there at the time or describe the thoughts, feelings, or emotions I was experiencing at those particular places and at those particular times. And the song that does that for this time and this place is Don't Change by In Excess, released in 1982. So this song and everything else on that tape for that matter was a huge departure from anything I was listening to at the time. As you might imagine it blew me away. From the very beginning this song really had a very different vibe and a totally different sound if you know what I mean from anything I was listening to before. The beat seemed faster I mean, the time signature may have been the same as the things I was listening to before, but it just sounded faster, if that makes any sense. The guitars seemed to be strummed differently. I remember being incredibly surprised and impressed by the percussion work. And more than anything, it wasn't just the voice of Michael Hutchins which was captivating, but it was what that voice was singing and what that voice was saying that made the greatest impact on me so if you saw the previous video you will know that I finally had a conversation with attendance girl with some with some help and that conversation resulted in her giving me her phone number and then me telling her that I was gonna call her later on that day after school well I got home from school and even though she and I had a short conversation earlier in the office that day I was still incredibly nervous So to kind of offset that nervousness, I don't know why, I kind of tried to put it off. You know that feeling when you know you have to do something, but you keep finding other things to do so you don't have to do the things that you really need to do? Well, that was me that afternoon. I was just milling around the house, pretending to be busy. I even looked at my bag full of school books laying in the floor, uh, in my room next to my dresser and considered doing some homework for crying out loud. But that didn't last that long. <laughs> now that I think about it, I was probably one of the most book carryingest, non-homework-doing dude in that whole school. I mean, why did I lug that heavy book bag around? I hardly ever took the books out of it anyway. <laughs> was that why my grades were so low? <laughs> That's another story. Finally, as I sat at my desk in my room, I said to myself, what the heck? <laughs> I picked up the phone. Yeah, I actually had my own phone in my room back then. That was, pretty, that was pretty high speed back in like 85 or 86. So I picked it up, dialed her number, and waited. After a couple of rings, she picked up with the curious hello. And there was no caller ID back then, so it was a little bit different. And I said, Hey, attendance girl, this is Bishop. And it didn't seem like it at the time. And it's easy to look back now, but in hindsight, some 34 years later, that was one of many very pivotal moments in my life. And I didn't know it yet, but that phone call would change my life in many, many ways. She responded with a friendly yet reserved, Hi, Bishop. And as we continued talking, her voice gave me the impression that she was a little cautious and a little guarded. And yeah, I get it. I mean, why wouldn't she be? At that point, we hardly knew anything about each other. Um, The conversation was quite basic. I was excited, but not very exciting, if you know what I mean. And through the course of about a 15-minute conversation, she told me that she had a job, Uh, working in a restaurant in Scottsdale, I think. But the last part of our conversation was about music. I couldn't wait to ask her about the music that she listened to. And when I did, she started naming off all kinds of bands, bands that I've never heard before. Bands like The Smiths, The Cure, Bauhaus, Tones on Tail, Love and Rockets. I mean, my first thought was, man, I got to get my hands on this music. Wait, wait, no, no, no. My first thought was, man, I gotta get to know this girl. And then the second thought was, man, I gotta get my hands on some of this music. So I asked her about letting me borrow some of her music. And she said if she had time, she might be able to put something together for me. I was like, yes, cool. (laughs) I just have to stress one more time how difficult it was compared to now. You had to have your hands on the music it wasn't as easily accessible as it is today and it's great that it is today but it was just different and when you got your hands on it you appreciated it a little bit more um, back then and then we finished our conversation and uh, she said she had to go because she had to go to work so for days And probably weeks I'd see her in passing at school and we would exchange a little small talk and I would always ask her, you got that music yet? And she would always say, I'm working on it, I'm working on it. Sometimes I would even go and sit at the table that she sat at uh, for lunch with her friends and she introduced me to some really cool people uh, who were also into the same kind of music that she was into and these friends of hers, they were different. Not different in a bad way, not different in a strange way, or not different in a, in a weird way. They were just different in the fact that they honestly didn't care about what anybody thought about them. I mean they dressed different, their hair was different, their makeup was different, but in my opinion they were quite authentic and very comfortable in their own skin, which really made a big impression on me. One morning, California kid and I were walking onto campus from the student parking lot. He always picked me up on the way to school and we rode together every day, every day. And as we were walking onto campus, from out of nowhere, Attendance girl steps right in front of me with her arm fully extended with a real serious look on her face, handing me a blank Maxell tape and said, Here, with a tone of, Now stop asking me for music. Then slowly smiled through her perfectly lipsticked lips. I looked down at the tape as if it were made of gold or something and turning away while talking over her left shoulder and her voice trailing off into the air, she left me in absolute suspension and loss for words, saying, pay attention and really listen to the first song on side A. Wait, what? Who does this? I had no idea what was on that tape or what song she was referring to, but I couldn't wait to find out. And it was torture, waiting for the end of the day so I could go home and listen to it. When I finally did get home, I went into my room, swung the door closed behind me, threw my heavy oversized book bag in its proper place, yeah, on the floor right next to my dresser. I walked over to my desk and I flipped the chair around, set my boom box directly on top of it and in front of me, sat at the edge of my bed, pressed play, and listened. And don't change by in excess is what I heard. And in addition to what I mentioned earlier about the song, you know, the sounds and all that stuff, I heard these incredible words as I tried to discover why. Why this song? Why did she emphasize this song? I'm standing here on the ground, and I'm quoting from the song, The sky above won't fall down. See no evil in all directions. Things have been dark for too long. I mean, wow. Talk about small changes in in initial conditions. After hearing that song and all the rest of the songs on that tape, which had all the bands that she'd mentioned before on the phone, I went back and I listened to Don't Change over and over and over again looking for the why. Why did she say that? Why this song? What was the purpose? Was she communicating something to me through music? I mean, think about it. Can songs and music pick up where our words leave off? Again, quoting from the song, I find a love that I have lost. It was gone for too long. Here, no evil in all directions execution of bitterness, message received loud and clear. Don't change for you. Don't change a thing for me." How do you interpret that? I mean, in my opinion, there are many ways to interpret this as well as every song according to each of our lives and our experiences and our thoughts and many other unpredictable variables. But for me, This song meant, at least back then, it meant, I'm standing here on the ground, the sky above won't fall down. I'm here, you're here. We're here in this space. We're not going anywhere, at least anytime soon. The world's in a perfect place. Anything that happens between us should result from a natural process. Resolution of happiness, things have been gone for too long. Hey, we all can experience dark places. I have mine. I'm sure you have yours. Regardless of what happens, let's, let's get to happiness before anything else. Um, message received loud and clear. Look, I know you like me. I get it. But don't change for you. Don't change a thing for me. Let's be our real selves. And that's probably the best way from which to start. If it's going to happen, it's going to happen. One of the many interesting things that I noticed listening to this song and reading the lyrics again is that it mentions, see no evil, hear no evil, but why speak no evil? Why is it not there? Perhaps maybe it's just a given. We see evil and we hear evil all around us, but maybe it's saying, let's not speak evil. At least not to each other. And yeah, I I can never know really what she meant specifically or how deep she was thinking. Nevertheless, it was a great exercise for me to learn more about her, about myself, and potentially us. Here's a question. Has anybody ever spoken to you through music? And if so, how? What song was used? And how did you interpret it? And what did you gain from it? Have you ever spoken to anybody through music? And what were you trying to say? And what song did you use? I've done it or tried to do it many times and I plan on talking and mentioning at least one of those times uh, in a story way, way, way down the road. And I'm very happy to say that in that attempt, I I was heard. Exactly the way I wanted to be heard. And in my life, that is a great honor. And it is of great value to me. But getting back to the song, change for the better is good. I believe that's one of the many reasons we're here. But there's something inside of us, inside of each of us, that shouldn't change. And I'm guessing maybe that she saw something or that thing in me that shouldn't change. There is a quote that I think is fitting for for this that comes from Steve Maribali and it says, quote, I find the best way to love someone is to not change them, but instead help them reveal the greatest version of themselves, end quote. And I really do believe that in her own way, she played a very significant part in doing that for me, even back then. Would I ever change And if so, how, in what way, for good or for bad? Last but not least, what's gonna happen with Attendance Girl and I? Does it just stop there? Does it just dissolve into nothingness? Or does it become more? These are the reasons why Don't Change by In Excess is where it's at in my My Life Through Music playlist. Give it a listen when you have a chance and see what it does for you. As always, I want to thank you for your time. I know it's valuable, and I look forward to seeing you in the next video where I talk a little more about my life through music.